Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Ida Rodriguez, and welcome to another episode of Truth Serum. Truth Serum, where we come have conversations about people of color from our own perspective and um, giving voices to marginalized groups and then some. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you to all of you who have been supporting the show. Uh, we've had uh, some great success as a result of it. And I want to thank you and I want to ask you to keep um, sharing, keep participating in the conversations. We need you. This is an interactive experience and I appreciate the way that you um, show up for us. Today, I am going to have a friend of mine come on, uh, someone who I respect a lot in the business, who is out there doing the work um, as a, representing Latinx people in the best way by showing up and doing good work, but also off camera, um, advocating for Black Lives Matter, continuously speaking up for those, uh, the people who are marginalized that belong to us. And um, it's just important for us to uplift the voices of the people who look like us, sound like us, feel like us, and um, go out there and represent us daily. Um, you see her on uh, on my block, which is uh, where I fell in love with her because I love the show and I love her character. She's my favorite person on that show. I said it publicly. And um, she's also on a show with my girl, Selena's Leiba, on uh, the Disney Channel. But if you got a chance to watch How to Get Away with Murder, which I watched from beginning to end, she was also on How to, Wait, How to Get Away with Murder. And I just kept wanting more for her. So I want you to, uh, you know, Give a warm welcome to my friend, Jessica Marie Garcia. Hi, mama. I can't hear you. Ah, I was oh. You were muted. Oh, oh. First of all, I love you so much because I heard all of that. And that was just the sweetest intro in my whole life. And first oh, no. of all, you are the one doing the work, okay? I'm just no. here listening because you you have already taught me so much in just, just the short time that we've known each other. So... Oh, no, I appreciate that. We learn. We're always learning. All of us, you know, we, we teach each other. How are you doing today? In this moment, I'm I'm okay because I'm talking to you, but it's been, you know, it's it's been a rough, I mean, four years almost, but, but uh, yeah. the, the last few months have been really specifically difficult. And I think that uh, we're all hopefully learning and and taking some time to humble ourselves and educate ourselves. And you're doing so much of that. So I appreciate that. But yeah, it's been hard. It's day to day. You know, I feel like sometimes I even uh, get on myself for having like a good time in anything. Right. And you I have- took my, my phone and I'm like, you know what? Look how many people are not having a good time. Like, what the hell am I doing? So it's, you know, it's a balance for everyone. Well- you have to uh, you have to rejoice and you have to have your moments of joy so you can recharge and go back out for the fight. Um, and we have to you know we have to take our victories and we have to remember to do that because if we don't, then we will be in sheer misery and then join those who are constantly attacking us who are miserable people. Um, you know I, I I watch you all the time and I've seen you specifically in this moment, become very vocal. Um, you led the charge for a lot of people with Black Lives Matter. And and when I say Black Lives Matter, because I, I, I get attacked all the time by these right-wing uh, nut people that, that are anti-Black Lives Matter, and they have conflated the organization with the movement. 
And, you know, everybody that is saying Black Lives Matter is not necessarily affiliated or working with the Black Lives Matter organization or responsible for their fiscal, uh, you know, for their fiscal reportings. When I say Black Lives Matter, I'm speaking surely about Black lives. I'm not talking about an institution and an organization. I want you to tell me, like, how... Uh, how it is? How is it that you became so vocal about it? What is it that sparked that for you? Well, first of all, I'm like, I'm not a piece of shit. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm a human and I care about other humans. Like, it, it, for me, this the fact that this has been going on since the beginning is so fucking baffling to me. I gotta say, and I'm sorry if I curse too much. I, no, I, I, I got the mouth of a sailor. But um, no, and then what was really disconcerting to me was how many people with bigger foot platforms than me or in a position similar to mine that weren't being vocal about it. And that just, you know, it just infuriated me because, you know, I come from immigrants. My mom um, uh, is from Cuba. And like, I've just heard horror stories my whole life about, you know, pretty much just anybody who's not, you know, white and from here. So it was so baffling to me that we weren't all joining together in this movement, especially when the black community has been involved in every single one of our movements from the beginning. And it just didn't make sense to me, especially when as a Latino, like the amount of erasing that we're doing to Afro Latinos is just, it's inexcusable. And right. it's, it's frustrating to me. So it's, it, to me, I think about my future kids and the generations I want to leave or the legacy I want to leave behind. And it's not that I was silent during this moment, that I just tweeted something during this moment. Like, I just give all the shits. Like, all the shits that you don't give, I give them for you. Like, and that's not completely healthy. But, <laughs> like, I, I'd rather care. And uh, yeah, I don't, you know, silence is violence, right? Yeah. No, no, it's the truth. And so, and I appreciate you saying that about the erasure because, you know, in this moment, in the last couple of days, it's it's like every day there's a fire, right? And every day we're, we're like going out to put buckets and then, then, then the other fire starts and we're like, wait a minute, I'm putting out the, 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 the water. And so we have an issue with, uh, with the Emmys, right? I was one of the first people to actually speak up about it. Yeah. And yeah, but I was very, it, you know, I thought it was very important to speak about the Emmys and the fact that there were no Latinos, but at the same time, celebrate the fact that there were Black people that did get nominated because I consider that a win for us, right? So I didn't, ha didn't want to position it as, why are Black people getting Emmys and we're not? Because the truth is, it's like we're all fighting for scraps while they feast at the top. And so I wanted to know why uh, Latinos are not being included in this journey. And then it turned into something ugly. And so I, I, I haven't seen you um, online because, you know, we got to take our breaks for our sanity. Um, but, you know, what do you have to say about that and how you feel about it? Because I think it's important for those of you who are working uh, to have a voice in this because you show up every day for work and you do great work. You are on a list of people who should have gotten nominated because I saw that list. I mean, I will always retweet that list. I don't know if I agree, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm mad at you to include me, no. Um, yeah, no, no, but what, But like, you know, I, you guys show up every day and um, 
you know, I'm writing a TV show right now that is about uh, Latin people and Latinx people. So wh what do you say about that? How do you feel about it? And where do you see where the void is? Because we have to identify the problem so that we can figure out the solutions. Well, first of all, I completely agree with you that a win in like the fact that there are so many um, uh, uh, black men and women in, uh, nominated this year is incredible. And we should absolutely take that as a win. And um, it's important for me, especially as someone who's working, is to always express that because there we are, again, erasing the fact that like being Latino is an ethnicity. It is not a race. We mm -hmm. come from all different shades. That's right. But, we should always support each other. And like, I will never know what it's like to walk in a room and have someone not go, oh, she's Latina. Right. How many times with my um, Afro-Latina friends do people just automatically speak English to them? You know, just decide that they're not, you know what I mean? Just take away an entire identity because they've decided that based on the way that you look. I will never know that. So for me, I had to speak up because it's like, I just can't see that happen. Like, it's just the right thing to do. And together we have to unite. That's the only way I feel like united. We're so powerful, but we also have to earn that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't think it's fair to, you know, tell the black community to just open, like open us, you know, welcome us with open arms when there's just been so much colorism and hate in our community. And I feel like we have to dismantle that at home and in the next generation of kids and the, and the ones that we came from mm -hmm. and that at home before we can do anything else. But again, representation matters. So if you're just seeing Latinos on TV that look like me or lighter, you're never going to understand that message. Right. So how I try to help is I, again, I, I'm writing Latinx stories. Like I, I can't wait to be a storyteller, but I also know that these may be voices I want to elevate, but I can't speak for them. That's and right. That's what's so important. Like, I can't be like, oh, I want an all Afro-Latino cast and then the writers look like me. That's right. Like, that's just not ever going, that's why these shows aren't working. And yeah. that's why it's so important for me too, is like, we need to give opportunities to these writers, these executives these producers, like these directors. And then you're gonna see how this representation changes and these narratives can change. But no, it's, it, has to, it has to come for people that haven't been fighting forever for their lives. And that's me. That's right. You know, that's a, that's a great point. Um, as I, I mean, I'm in the middle of the fight of my life as I create my show because the cast of my show ranges from me to Celia Cruz, Black, you know, and everything in between. So for me, um, it, it, I don't want it if I can't have it that way. But as you said, it is also important for me to have Santa Sierra in my writer's room because she's a, a dark-skinned Black Latina who also is gay and can speak to some of the stories that I cannot speak to. Um, you know, they can talk about the, we can do the episode about hair and talk about my daughter in a way that I can't do it because we don't have the same texture of hair. And I just think that those things are important and those are the blind spots that Hollywood has sometimes even when it comes to people who look like you and I, um, you know, we're always over-sexualized or, you know, we're migrant workers and we're getting beat up or we're getting spit on and mistreated. And then that, that carries out into society because those images project. You have made a very, uh, some very good choices in the way that you, you, in the roles that you portray. How much of that is 
opportunities that come your way and how much of it is you curating your career and making the decisions. Um, because I saw you your tweet on uh, on Twitter and I saw you talk about that role that they gave you, that they tried to get you to play. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> talk about things like that. Um, yeah, that, you know, it, a lot of that, a lot of those cojones come, have come in the last few months, to be honest with you. I feel like I've been really lucky. There's only been like maybe a handful of parts that I've been, um, you know, I've gotten scripts for that. I was like, you have to be kidding me. Right. Like, you know, specifically, like, even when I got Jasmine, it would be so easy to have just made her a stereotype the whole time. But I was very open with our creators that I was like, I know this girl this girl exists and the only reason she exists is because she's built up these walls in order for her to be this character so that you don't hurt her. Right. And that was so important for me and they were completely on board for that. So like, I never felt like I was only a stereotype on all my block, but going into being able to do how to get away with murder and diary where I'm literally like, I'm paralegal, I'm a legal student. Like that was so badass. And then the entire room was just people of color. Like, I mean, when Viola walks into a room, like, you know it. Right. And so getting a masterclass with that and with Viola and then Selenice, like, I've really been blessed. Like, I have to say, there's only been a few times I've said no. Um, but going forward, am I going to be even more picky? Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us your journey. Um, I read the piece of your piece and about your your mother's, um, you know, your mother's, your discovery about about your journey with regards to your mother. Your mother is from Cuba. Cuba is a communist country. Um, we live in a country that is has a mixed economy that includes socialism to, to capitalism and, and, and the spectrum. But people frame the socialism that we talk about in America as being something that's a threat to what's here that might make it what it, ha what it is in Cuba. And I don't think people really understand what happens in Cuba. No, they so, have no idea. Like, yeah. No idea. And that, that's the thing that's so comical, because if you want to know what communist sounds like, it's more like what's happening right now than it, yes. speaking of socialism. Like, I I mean, my mother, even at a young age, was brainwashed in Cuba when she was arrested. The, the guard literally went to her. She's eight years old and was like, do you believe in God? And she said, yes. And he, he said, pray to God for candy. And she didn't get candy. And they said, pray to Fidel for candy. And then he gave it to her. Like wow. these are things that happen all the time. Like in like in a communist country, like you only get milk if maybe you have an infant and you are given certain things. Like, like I have had such a privileged upbringing and that's literally, you know, from my mom trying to give me everything and, you know, busting her ass to give me everything. But hearing those stories, like, no, that's not, that doesn't sound anything like what we're fighting for. Oh. Yeah, no, and and I, and I think it's important to say that because when you talk to people from Venezuela and Cuba who are traumatized and are moved emotionally, when they hear someone like AOC speaking and saying we deserve to have universal health care, they're triggered because right. what happens in Cuba is considered universal health care, but it really isn't, right? So what's happening there is a dictatorship. And as you mentioned, what's happening now with our president even saying that he want he thinks we should put our push the election back, you know, like no, speak, speak. I want to hear you, I, especially when you take a breath. <laughs> it's like every single day, I just don't understand what it's going to take for us to be like. What is it going to take for you to understand that he is the worst human to ever 
be in office ever. Like, yeah. I have never disliked somebody so much besides Fidel Castro than this man. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's so terrifying to me. Like, I, I always get sad for people that have kids right now. Because, like, I'm at an age where I want to have children so bad, and I'm, like, terrified to bring a child into this world. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. So you you said um, you got to work with Viola Davis. Um, and I mention it as often as I can. I should just pass it to people when I meet them. She's my queen. I I, um, I, I stand uh, Viola Davis. I'm not fanatic like that with people, but she's one of the people that I'm like in awe of. I, I went to the Director's Guild to just to listen to her speak. And, you know, I think she should have been um, nominated for an Emmy. Like, I was like pissed that Viola wasn't nominated for an Emmy. So I was just like, what is, what's, what's this all about? Um, when you... When you still are, you know, growing in your career and you're still making things happen, you're on On My Block, you're on the Disney show with Selenes, you're on the, that Gina Rodriguez uh, created, um, you're on the show um, How to Get Away with Murder, you, you've worked with a bunch of, you know, great actors. Who are some of the people that you would like to, to work with in the future that you, if you had your druthers, you would say, I want to work with that person? Besides you? Um, um, well, that's, a, that's in the works. I was about to say, I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, ooh, so many people. Like my whole thing is I, I, I would actually love to specifically kind of change up the perspective of, you know, Latinos, especially in comedy. Like I would love to be the lead in like a, 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 um, a Judd Apatow film mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean? Like work with Ava DuVernay, like that would be mind blowing to me. Right. Um, just I, I besides that, I really want to collaborate more than anything. I want to like create more shows, um, be on the other right. side of the camera. Like I would love to direct. So there's a lot of actors that I would just love to direct as well. Besides, be on a scene with them or be in a mm -hmm. scene. And you and you write as well, right? You've been writing. I do. Yes. Yeah. So because I, I had a conversation with someone about you, and it was funny because that. Um, the people in her camp love you. And it's a uh, it's a superstar, superstar. And uh, they were like, what about uh, this person? And I was like, that's my love. I love her. Like, of course, I would show up to, uh, I would show um, up on a set on time every day for her. The, you know, when I'm late, it's because I don't like you. Uh, <laughs> so you, yeah. I, um, I feel that you, have always been pretty vocal, right? You're half Cuban and half Mexican. Mm -hmm. So you are- Colonizers in between there. Huh? There's a bunch of colonizers in between there. Uh, uh, two different sets, right? Oh, and yeah, I, I got it. There's so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> what do you play the most in Hollywood when they ask you, what are you asked to play the most? Oh, Mexican, 100%. Mexican. Mexican. Um, I, it's, and um, most people don't even think I look Cuban, so uh, yeah, most people. Are, You're Cuban? No. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but isn't it odd when people say stuff like that? Because, like you said earlier, you know, Latino or Latinx is an ethnicity, and we have Asian Latin Latinx people. We have Black Latinx people. And, and that's so fucking beautiful. Like, why are we just like as soon as it's like different? We're like, no, 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 no. It's like it's so baffling to me. Like what, like they don't like us all the same. Like, you know what I mean? You're white yeah. or you're other. So why are we gonna like, you know, I don't know. I could talk about it all day, it pisses me off. 
Did you go out in March? This was for you. Oh, the body butters. That would be Tish. I had to tell you this before we were done. I'm sorry. And you know what's funny? I was gonna, I wanna, I'm gonna plug it, plug it as well. So Body Butters is a, a company that is a black black owned. It's owned by a black woman, um, Tish, and who is my friend. She does like my graphics, but it this is probably YouTube channel. <laughs> amazing it is good she has all different flavors she has watermelon and there's you know there's strawberry and what's that one this is a caramel apple like oh caramel the butter is my favorite the butter is my favorite and you supported her you the that the butter the um the banana is my favorite you supported her you saw it you supported her you you know i've been watching you and it's like when i go to your page i'm like she is one of those people that is always uplifting the names of others you know um and i i really appreciate that i want to talk to you about on my block because on my block is a show that you know my uh my <laughs> <laughs> my stepdaughter was like you watch that too and i was like i love that show Yes, I do. You know, I know the whole show. Um, what if, tell me about that, how that came to be for you and how you ended up on this, this set that I love the show because the show, well, I'll, I'll talk about that later, but tell me how you ended up on this show. Well, first of all, thank you for saying the positive, the, what you said about me, because I really do try to, um, I'm one of the things that I think is most important is especially in the movement is to lead with positivity and to like, if we, you know, help to elevate other people's voices, that to me is like the best sign of resistance, you know, you know, just thriving. So thank you. I really appreciate that. And then um, my all my block journey is hilarious because I didn't actually get the audition at all. Um, she was 14 and I'm like 16, you know, <laughs> they were like, maybe we don't put her in here for that. But my friend Victoria Morales was going on and she's an incredible Latina actress as well. And she read Jasmine and she was like, girl, this is not me. This is you. And I was like, what? So I read this pilot and I just fell in love with each one of these characters. And it was mm -hmm. so funny to me because they would have all been side characters in someone else's show. Yes, we would have each been a white person's friend on everyone else's show. And I was just so blown away with, you know, just the storytelling and the, their relationship and that it was a black and brown show. And I love that because you don't see us being friends with each other, you know? Yeah. So that was really, that meant a lot to me. So um, I got the audition, but at the same time, after Liv and Maddie, I kind of, um, after Liv and Maddie and Betch, which is an all-female sketch uh, group that I, I was in as well, mm -hmm. uh, did a lot of improv, I did, I, that's where I really started to write. Mm -hmm. um, I started getting, you know, kind of more comfortable in my power. I know that improv is something I love to do. And I started seeing auditions differently. Like when I go into an audition, I try not to cast it before I go in. I feel like a lot of actors do that. Like they're like, oh, they're gonna want this. They're gonna want me to be this way. And I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be how I wanna play it. Like if I got this part, this is the part that I would wanna play for the next however many years this series goes for. So I went in and improved a lot and they actually loved it, thank God and we're so encouraging of it and that kind of you know really you know had me fall back in love with improv and like getting the show has been like such a great eye-opener to just trust your gut and then also lead with you know what you are more you know uh i say you know every 10 seconds uh lead with your gut if this is who you know you want to play if this is how you want to do it then do it don't try and be somebody else in there 
Right. So that show I love because of what you said. Um, it is a black and brown show. Um, there are those kids remind me of me when I was a kid. I grew up in the hood, but I was always very smart as many of us in the hood are because they you know because when you see the kids in the hood on television they always we're always gang members we're always and even when we're gang members that doesn't mean we're dumb sometimes right. we're just surviving but yeah. that show the conversations are so elevated you know you got these kids talking about things from a perspective of intelligence and fullness so that world you know when you first i read the script because I, I i auditioned for monse's mother and um, I didn't get it. And so when that bitch died, I was like, yes, bitch, it's dead. That's what you the same thing I do. If like, I don't book it, I'm like, I'm not watching it. <laughs> I was like, she died. Um, anyway, it didn't last that long. But um, it was just, it was funny when I read the script, I was like, whoa, like, you know, you, you're talking about areas and in, um, in the country where there are many of us in marginalized communities who are not necessarily privileged with having the best schools and the, live in the best neighborhoods, but are still able to make it in spite of. So you end up in this world and you guys, when, when you read those scripts, sometimes do you say, do you, are you, do you think like, wow, we are really having some elevated conversations to be 14 and 15 years old? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't oh. think 14, I would also ever have like a masturbation conversation with my friends. No, that's they're 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 all about it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I've yeah. had to I peed in a sink season one. Like yeah, I remember not too many people that just do that. But you know. But I think in tackling these issues, we're able to deter a lot of things from happening. Cause if you're able to talk about sex with people who are 14 and 15, then you can you know alleviate not just pregnancy, but STDs and stuff like that. And, you know, we saw that the, you know, you see the, the, the Monse having a sexual relationship with her boyfriend and right. you, you falling in love with Ruby and, you know, the whole thing, which is my favorite couple, you know. Oh, thank you. You ship us. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, you know, the other thing that I love is that Monse is Afro-Latina on the show. Right. You know, she has a black father and a Latina mother. And, um, you know, the whole spectrum is is represented on the show. You know, there's a dark skinned black person on the show that's speaking and, and not a clown, right? And there could always be more. There could always be more. Yeah, so you said it though. You said everyone on that show would be the best friend of a white person on another show. Mm -hmm. and so, <laughs> what? And some of us have been. I've yeah, been you, <laughs> you came from Disney, right? Yes. Yes. Well, and, that was. Probably my biggest uh, break up until on my block, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I, I know that I, I was, I I get Disney and um, Nickelodeon confused at this How point. because dare you? I'm so far away from it. You know we're fighting. No, I didn't know that. Disney, Nickelodeon, no, it's a joke. That I was just going to say them too. I mean, no, everybody. No, I have friends from Nickelodeon too that literally were in my wedding. But like, that's, yeah, that's the thing where it's like, no, you're Disney. You can't be friends with Nickelodeon. It's like a joke. Did not you, a, I'm not a comedian. You are. I'm just here. No, you're hella funny. I watch that show sometimes and I'm like, yo, she really went there. Like you, <laughs> how much of the show is you improving? Um, Ooh, that's a hard thing to say. I would say like, like, oh, I don't want to say. <laughs> Cause I don't know also like how much they've used. 
And then it all becomes kind of blurred because sometimes you say these things in the um, table reads and then they get in the script. Uh-huh. And it kind of like blurs, you're like, did I, you know what I mean? But like, also too is like our directors and our writers just yelling things at me, like try this, like, so, I mean, it's a good, it's a good balance, but no, we do have great writers. I don't want to sit here and say that, like, I, I, I can't take all the credit for that at all. No, but you use a lot of your physicality in your comedy and you're very uh, open to the comedy in whichever way you can give it, which is, you know, a lesson that I like to learn because sometimes I can be really stiff when I'm doing my stand-up. So when you, when you're doing, do you take your chances and you say, you know, I'm going to do this? Yeah. I, I think it also is like a part of the inner Jasmine in me where I'm like, if I do a song and dance, you won't see that I'm actually not good at any of this. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's also like a defense mechanism. Uh, yeah, it's something that I work like. I did. I did. When the camera comes on, I definitely come on. Like, yeah. Thing that, it, like, even if I'm dead tired, like you know that is like that's a performer in you. So I feel like, if, especially if a joke's not working, I'm like, okay, well maybe if I throw myself on the ground. <laughs> I love when you I do stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, when you're on the windowsill, like all the stuff that you do, I just, it makes me laugh because I'm like, you know, what's funny is that only, only for people of color is that considered anything that people would criticize, right? Because when Will Ferrell does that, he's a genius, right? When Jim Carrey does that, he's a brilliant. They're like, oh, he's so funny. And when you, and so when we do it, it's like, look at that's annoying but you know like that's buffoonery or that's what we we cannot express ourselves wholly because we have so much pressure so much social pressure because we represent everybody because we lack representation in media right so when you do stuff like that i'm like because i love jim carrey right so i'm like that's the stuff that makes me laugh you know how much a conversation though because there have been times where um even like a good example i think it's season yeah season one where like i like i, I say i got the egg booty cops mm-hmm. there was a conversation where there were uh I, I got a note of maybe lifting my leg too to show it and i was like if i'm embarrassed by this i'm not gonna lift my leg and right. if i'm confident about it that's one thing but if you want me to be like, you know what I mean? Like that to me is that balance where I'm ready to be funny and outlandish and crazy. It just has to make sense. I'm right. still at the end of the day, a human being. And I never want to like not be Jasmine for a joke. Right, right, or, right. That makes sense. Yeah. So how much pressure did you feel going from like the Disney reality, super good kid you know, clean, whatever, to a show where you're talking about sex and you're talking about gangs and you're talking about drugs because a lot of the Disney kids uh, fall into these, you know, the dramas of the post-Disney dramas. Did you feel any of that? No, and I think it's because I'm 130 years old. I feel like that's probably, did I see like, especially with social media, because I think like the height of social media was literally happening uh, with like Instagram when uh, Live and Maddie started. Um, I even saw how attached to it I was getting and then reading every comment and doing this. And I'm like, Jessica, you're a grown woman. (laughs) You really need to like, I understand like you're playing a child and like, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's part of your job to stay on social media. But like, you cannot be this sensitive over these comments that are from someone who's 12 years old. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) when I came out of Liv and Maddie, I was more like, please let me work again. It wasn't necessarily like, I want to break out of this mold. I think like, I know what it's like to not have that phone ring. Like I waited tables 
for the uh, two and a half seasons of Live and Maddie. Like I, I just know what it's like not to work. So I wasn't going to necessarily be too picky about what was coming next. Uh, but then when this came to be, I was like, okay, hopefully this is mine. But I wasn't about br branching out of Willow at all. You made it yours and you are a breakout of the show, right? You're like one of the favorites. People love you. I just tell that. I tell huh? people it's possible. I just try people believe that. <laughs> no. Do you feel it though? Do you feel it from? I mean, I get really beautiful messages and responses from fans and that means everything to me. I'm also such a fan of the show that like I watch their performances, especially if I'm not in them and am a fan, especially because I don't work with Julio a lot. Mm -hmm. so getting to watch his transformation with Spooky is so incredible. And then he's going to be in Selena too. So it's like, I'm so much of a fan of the show that like, it doesn't. Uh, is the show coming back? Um, uh, our show? Uh -huh. We have no idea. Oh, you don't know. I, I, I wasn't trying to trick you. I didn't, I didn't know. I was just I not, not clear. Like, cause... No, I thought you meant Selena. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I meant on my block. Yeah, no, no idea. Y'all, y'all don't. But it has, it hasn't been canceled. So, but you know, but, but no, no, it can't be. I will have a hard time uh, dealing with like. You have a hard time. <laughs> I know, I know more than you. Cause that's the job. But <laughs> I would be like, they better not. You know, I did these articulate ass kids having these conversations, talk tackling real life issues. You know, with comedy being on the back, the backdrop of it all is just really fun. There's also you know, the other thing is that you see older Latinos on the show, right? There's a grandmother character on the show who's very like, I love her. She is so funny. And you think like you watch it and you're like, you know, the ageism right now in Hollywood is so disgusting that they eliminate the old people, the older people from the shows. And it's just so fun to watch. Um, so what are you doing? Go ahead. No, no. Well, I was gonna say, but that's so important when you're telling black and brown stories. Like we don't just say, okay, our grandparents are 50. Bye. Like yeah. we are oh, like, we're a family culture. Like, and that's like, that would be, I would think untruthful if telling a lot of our stories, not all of them. I don't want to generalize, yeah. generalize, but for the most part, I feel like that's our, our, uh, our, our grandparents are very important to us. Yeah, no, I did. That's what my comedy, I did my last set that I did, that I posted was about how we love our grandmothers. Like mm -hmm. we love, we keep them around until they, they leave. They decide to leave, right? We don't put our grandparents and we don't lock them up. <laughs> We're like, no, you just got to do, you know, you, you having sex and you're like, but well, my grandmother's in the other room. My mother lives with me. <laughs> she lives with me. Your grandmother lives with you. She did before she passed away. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But my mother, yeah, we we I've only not lived with my mom for a year when I moved out here. That was it. Uh, because you are ma you're married, mm -hmm. and, and I was like, listen, we're a package deal. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So tell me what you're working on now. Ooh, well, you know, I'm in the middle of developing my own something, and. Uh, it's actually so exciting because I feel like I've made some really good decisions. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole other, the whole business side of what we do is so not talked about. And especially in my position, like I am new to everything, especially when it comes to writing um, professionally. 
Right. So, uh, just in the middle of developing and hopefully come up with an, a show that's going to be a really good step in the right direction when it comes to celebrating all different kinds of Latinos in our stories, um, especially leading their own stories. You know, I'm not, and, and you said something about this yesterday, I think, or, or maybe it was a video that you did today, and it was about like narcissism. And I think that's so important because when we're given opportunities, it doesn't necessarily need to just be us. Right. Um, so that's why, you know, the show that I'm developing is very much an ensemble and something that like, if I'm not in episodes, great. Like, you know, it's right. not, it's something that I'm more excited about building something that could really show representation and how much that matters. You know, that's a, exactly, no, that's exactly how I feel. Um, I wanted to ask you, as we talk about this stuff, with all of the things that are happening with the Emmy, people fighting, people going back and forth, what do you think are some of the solutions to fill these voids in Hollywood when it comes to people of color, black and brown and indigenous people? Well, first of all, I think that we need to know when being an ally, that word is such a white word, but being that is, it has to do with you shutting up and listening. And also um, it's all about the creative end because I think so many of these opportunities aren't happening besides that the money, the money's not being put there. Um, I think it has everything to do with us unifying and specifically elevating each other's voices instead of looking where we can insert ourselves, if that makes sense. Especially when it comes to stories we haven't seen at all. Right. But I'm very, very aware of the fact that you have seen more Latin shows of people that look like me than anyone else. You know, it's me or lighter. Yeah. And that's not okay. And also, I think for people who look like me, there's people are scared to feel like they've done something wrong. And it just doesn't make sense to me about learning. If you did something wrong, like be open to be educated about something. You don't have to be defensive, you know? Right when somebody's explaining to you that they're hurt or they've been, you know, misrepresented, like, how is that something to be defensive over and not like, I need to, I need to support. How do I make sure this person doesn't feel like this anymore? Right. And I think that's tough too, because that's, again, you feel like you have to speak for everyone, but that's not, that's not the case. If you are, if you're giving a platform for other people to share their stories as well. I think, but how do we go about it? I don't know, because like my ass is just, you tell me where to stand, I say the lines you gave me. You know, yeah. I'm trying to branch out of that. But um, I'm just hopeful that when I'm given more responsibility and given more, you know, power, that we put it in the right places. And you have to be okay with being wrong. That's it. That's right. So when, and when we do talk about, um, the using your platforms and you say that it's important you know for people to use their platforms and you see people who have bigger platforms than you that don't what but that don't but sometimes though i i feel like um they put the microphone in front of the wrong faces yeah right and then you hear people saying some things and then they tour and you know it's like when kanye says something crazy and then people go crazy and they're like look black people look what kanye said as if kanye west is the Martin Luther King of today. You know, like we have to put people in their proper places. Latin people are no different. You know, when we have, uh, just cause somebody's famous doesn't mean there are representatives. And no, some I just don't think that, like, especially with me, listen, I am an expert in absolutely fucking nothing. Like nothing. 
I am just at the end of the day, like trying to like, you know, trying to leave this world better than I got it, you know? And that's not necessarily like, I need a gold star for that, but it's also like, we, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll, I'll go off on a, on a tangent, but. Go on, please do though. It's okay. Like we just as an actor like that, just because you are, you recognize my face doesn't mean you should think I can lead you anywhere. You know, and I'm not speaking for anyone else but myself and anyone what anyone else's journey and what they feel like they can do. But for me, at least, I know a lot recently, especially with that op end, I'm getting asked to do a lot of lives about mental health. And I am not an expert in mental health. And that puts me in a very uncomfortable position where I never want to give the wrong information out, you know? Mm -hmm. So I always try to lead with, I am such an advocate for mental health, but I am not an expert by any means. Yeah. Like, God knows what's going on in here. I should probably. <laughs> but, I know. I'm waiting on my therapist to call me back. Right. Get <laughs> um, off the live. I'm triggered as we speak. No, I because I, I think it's important for us to say stuff like that because you know, like not some people trending on Twitter, they're going off. People are mad because this person said that, and I'm like, just because somebody's famous doesn't mean they're smart. Just because somebody's famous doesn't mean that they're informed or or know what they're talking about. Or an activist. Yes. The like, support. I did something recently where they were like, after activists, I was like, I, oh my God, do not call me an activist. Like, I know activists. Do not just throw that, you know, under my name because I retweeted something. Like, for the love of God, there are people that are actually doing the work every single minute of every day. Yeah. Like, I just, oof, that, make, that makes me so uncomfortable, you know? Are there any names of uh, certain people who are in the activism space who you'd like to elevate right now? You're actually going to be speaking to her. Ashley Marie Preston yes. is my girl. Like I have learned so much from her and she will tell you where the best vegan food is in LA, by the way, or probably anywhere. But I have learned so much from her and I feel like, I mean, I would lead her anywhere. And here, hashtag you are essential campaign is incredible. Um, I did a video for them a, a, a while back, but like she's doing incredible work every single day. Yeah. She's going to be on tomorrow, actually. Is it tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> She'll be on tomorrow. Um, uh, with on Friday. Said her. Oh, said, I love that. Yeah. And then uh, there are four people that are going to be here tomorrow and they're going to speak about that. I'm just going to be here as a as a facilitator and let them have their conversation and express and explain, because a lot of times we like to, like you said, we don't get out of the way and let people just tell their stories. Oh, um, in there. Yeah. <laughs> I did a, um, a podcast, uh, Afro-Latina uh, podcast, where we were talking about Black Lives Matter. And the first thing I asked was like, I just want to make sure that there's more Afro-Latinas than non-Afro-Latinas. And that was the case, thank God. But we still found a way to insert ourselves a few times. And I was just like, why the fuck do we do that? Like I had to go, okay. Like I said one thing and I felt too much. I was like, girl, if you don't just shut up right now, like it's 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 so weird. And that's the thing is we got to check ourselves and there's nothing wrong with being wrong. Right. Like, that's what I feel like is so important. Like we have to normalize that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the when you have a certain level of privilege, it, it extends to everything, right? It doesn't even, even when it comes to your own activism, right? You, you're still like, well, I, you know, and 
I, I have had Afro Latinos on the show. I've had Afro Latino conversations, you know, and I, I led the conversation with uh, La Gata, who's a reggaeton artist from Panama, who's a dark skinned black woman. And she came and she spoke on the show. And then the following week I had uh, Julissa um, from Gente Five, and I had Gabriel and, uh, Orbe, Orbe and Sasha Mercy, who, because I was talking about Afro Latinidad within the, the world of social media and people were upset because nobody on the show that day was dark skinned. And it wasn't because I I'm a colorist. It was because I specifically wanted those three people on the show because I was talking about something specific with their journeys. But people don't really real, don't understand that, you know, uh, we, we cannot speak on behalf of others. I'm, I'm Afro-Latina. I love, I worship Celia Cruz. I go to sleep to watching her every night. But I will never know what the experiences would uh, have been of a dark-skinned Afro-Latina woman or a dark-skinned woman, period, right? But I still, I still will use my platform and my privilege to speak to it when they're not present because somebody's got to speak about it if they're not there, right? Until, until my, I'm powerful enough to demand that they are there, I'm going to use my voice to, to make sure that they're there in one way or the other. Um, and you do that a lot. What do you feel like a lot of your experiences is what's fueled you to say, I, I want to be more uh, active in this space of, you know, you, you are speak up for Breonna Taylor. You know, you are you're you've all you're always using your platform to remind people that people are suffering. How much of your own personal experience fuels that? I think if <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think I've been very privileged. I never, growing up, I never lived in fear of anything. It really took that day that I wrote about with my mom when she got pulled over and I just saw a very different um, version of my mom who was just terrified and she's never been terrified of anything. And then remembering and having her, you know, kind of reopen that trauma of uh, being arrested when she was trying to leave Cuba at eight years old. Um, with the rest of my family and being separated from her family. And again, even learning in that, just the sacrifices that other people have made for me to be here and to feel the way that I do and feel safe, <clears throat> excuse me, makes me, doesn't make me uncomfortable, but pushes me to feel uncomfortable because I don't want to feel like I can benefit from black culture because I do. I can't, you know, be there for my my friends who suffer from th this kind of treatment and, and live in this fear every single day and then be like oh well like like you know what i mean and not try and remind myself that this is happening every single day it might not be happening to me but that doesn't mean it doesn't matter to me it doesn't matter it doesn't mean that it shouldn't matter to you um mm -hmm. i think it, again it's just about about being a good person and realizing that like we're not free until we're all free that's we're, right like I, I, this, it might be today that we're going after this group of people, but tomorrow will be this group of people. And then the next, it will be you. And if that's how you have to look at it to care about the people before you, I mean, that's its own issues, but like, it just, it drives me because as much as I love being an artist, I love being an artist because I care about people. I care about stories. I care about emotion. And I just don't care about a people that just look like me, I right. think. And you know what's funny? The funny thing is because I, I would always say they're coming for you next. But the truth is they're coming for us all right now. Yeah. They, they just have it's just, uh, 
you know, it's just broken up into different places where, well, they have the, the Mexican or the Central American babies in the cages. They have, you know, people in prison are predominantly black and brown, you know, the, the, the school to prison pipeline. And then you look at the military, because I go serve, I mean, entertain the troops. Majority of those people are, you know, young and black and brown. Right. And they go over and they serve and then they come back and they get pulled over and beat up by the cops. So when we we have these conversations, it's like we have to have a holistic look at this because you have specific experiences because your mother comes from Cuba. And the story that you wrote was about her, about mental uh, mental health. But it was also about the fear of police. And because that's a universal issue, that's not just a domestic issue, the, right. you know. And I, I wanted you to speak to that a little bit for the people who didn't read the article. Well, um, I kind of explained a little bit what happened, but she, you know, the trauma of getting pulled over for, by the police for her was that she got taken back to being eight years old and being bodily searched and interrogated at eight years old and put in a cell. She was in jail for six weeks with my grandmother and um, some other families that were um, trying to escape. And she saw the three men that tried to help her, um, her and my family escape, get executed in front of her at eight years old. And then my grandfather had to stay in jail for two years um, after that. So they were separated for a very long time. With that, <clears throat> uh, it's hard for me because it's like I, I see so much of why she lived her life after that the way that she has like she's so strong but at the same time she married my father who's a police officer and i feel like that was because she had a false sense of security with that and that's and like that i was already like red flag but she's always gotten very uncomfortable around police and then um oh i was gonna go somewhere with this and her trauma just kind of like hit me in the face uh, sorry, what were you? What was the real? No, no, I was just gonna say that when I was just asking you to talk about the story of your mother with regards to her fears of, of police, based on her own experiences, to just say that while we fight for it here in America, you see videos of police brutality now on video, and you don't know where they're from because you're like right. And it's also very triggering to my mom, too, because that's what she's used to seeing. I mean, and then so many people her age are used to also seeing that in this country. So yeah. it's. It's terrifying that we have the same tactics are being used like nothing like really nothing has changed. And I'm I'm really hopeful that this won't just be another moment. I think that's another reason why I constantly post is because I feel like even I found myself doing it, like posting a, a picture of myself. And then I was like, what? who gives a fuck about what you look like? Like, really? Like, what is this? And I know that's a balance and you should like, you know, it's still self-care and there's no reason that you shouldn't love yourself. Right. But I still want to keep posting and keep talking because this isn't going to go away. And I no. think that a lot of people are hoping that it goes away. Yeah, no, they want they want it to go away. They want the moment to pass so that we can get back to the way it used to be. But they don't realize that the way it used to be and the way it is now has neither been good for people of color. No, you just are aware of it now because it's there's more videos of it now. And you're still yeah. finding excuses for why it's OK. We yeah. were still finding justifications for things. And it's just like, again, like, what is it going to take? Yes. Oh, I love you so much. You're, so, you're just such a great human being. 
So you're developing your own show, but you've been you you stay working. I like using the word development because it sounds like I've gotten really far. <laughs> oh no, I know development. You know what? The the funny thing is, like when people when my announcement went out and people were like, "Congratulations!" and I was like, "Don't congratulate me until you see me on television more than once. Like if you see two episodes of my show, then you can congratulate me for having two episodes on TV." And even still, that doesn't even guarantee you a season. Because some know, that's so tough. Like you got to be able to celebrate something because I it know. took so long for you to even get to that point. Like, oh, people don't understand. They don't. And they, and you know, people will send me messages and say, "Why are you talking about this right now when we have so many other things to be worried about?" And I'm like, "You don't understand how important it is for the images that go out in media." You know. And you know what, it's so funny that you say that because I had an incredible colorism conversation with my own mom because my mom is like redhead freckles, you know? And I was like, you had such a horrible time, especially like, cause she, she went to high school in Jersey. Um, and, she, and she was like, you know, how, how bad they treated her there. And I was like, now imagine because you were able to blend in if you didn't open your mouth, mom. That's right. There's a lot of people that don't get to do that. And right. I having that conversation with her was the first time that she was like, I didn't think about it that way. And I was just like, it, it's so interesting to just see like, oh shit, you know, because I feel like it's so easy to be like, we've been through it, we've been through it. And it's not that you haven't, but you can't compare yourself to, you know what I mean? There's certain things that there's no reason to, we should be in each other's side, supporting each other instead of being like, well, I had it worse than you, I swear to God. Oh yeah, but the the oppression Olympics. Yeah, like yeah. that's not that's not it. We should we should like be supporting each other one hundred percent. Well, I live by the my mantra. One of my mantras is that you don't get to invalidate other people's struggle because it doesn't look like yours. No, and everybody's you know I can't tell a rape victim that a white rape victim that her rape wasn't real because I'm not white because she's not a, a person of color. You know, but you still have to step aside and understand that the darker you get, the harder it gets for you in this country and around the world, because racism, too, is an is a global issue. And um, and that's why, I, you know, this show for me is special because I get to bring on whoever I want. I don't have, you know, people telling me who to talk to and who not to talk to. The conversations are, you know, they're just uncensored. And, um, you know, I think it's. It, you're one of the people that I like because of I like who you are. You know, I, I love you as an artist, but I just like who you are and what you stand for. So, I think um, you know it's 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 exciting to see what's next for you. Who I you know what I'm excited about that too, to be honest. But I think it's like some of that excitement has to do with like being on a bigger mission than yourself. You know. Yeah. I feel like that has, has, yeah, exactly. I think that has a lot to do with it. I feel like there's like more of a fearlessness because you know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. For me, it's about like people say, hey, you know, like Tiffany has this amazing career and people are like, you want to, do you want to, you know, you want to be the Latin, the Latinx Tiffany Haddish? And I'm like, no, I, I want to be Aida Rodriguez. But well, what I, comedies are nowhere near each other. You're very different, incredible comedians. Like, yeah, we're very, and, you know, my dream is to do create a world. I want to, you know, like like Shondaland has, she has a world, and I want to create a world where there are people that look like you, me, and, and all the way to Viola Davis doing, creating, um, and telling the stories of all of us, right? And so for me, that's more important than me being, hey guys. So 
I just think it's very, you know, that that's what I work for daily. And, and I'm, I'm just happy that uh, you're in my orbit because I can't wait, you know, to work with you. Um, people can watch you right now on uh, on my blog. Yes. On Netflix. <laughs> you're, you're on Disney Plus. I am on Disney Plus, Diary of Future President. Future President. And then uh, if you got on uh, ABC, you can catch uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Season five. She's on season five. And uh, anything else? Did I miss anything? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't. Oh, God. I was trying to trick you there. I was going to see if you would slip and just say something else that yeah. we didn't know. <laughs> I booked a huge movie. You will. You 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 can and you will. I'm Batman. I'm gonna drop that information right here, right now. Say that again. I'm the new Batman. You I are the. I was told not to say anything, but I am the new Batman. <laughs> uh, all the white guys in Hollywood right now are. Uh, <laughs> they're like, yeah, her eyebrows make a bat symbol. Probably. They're can they're canceling you on Twitter because because white men are like, we can't get a job. I'm like, you never lost your jobs. Only yeah, right. I will pin that tweet. <laughs> You never lost your jobs. You just, you got fired because you're a rapist, not because you're white. So that's different. <laughs> Me too got rid of you because you didn't know how to keep it in your pants. You didn't get fired because you were white. Shut it up. Um, anyway, I again, I wanted to say thank you for coming because I love you and I think you're great. And I hope you come back. And whenever you're, you're, uh, you want to come talk some smack with me, please. The people who support this show, they they really are like the G's. Like they really, it's I have a village, you know. The people like you really, really do. Like you have you have a really good crew that follow you and watch you all the time. I love it. I don't. I may not have you know ten million followers, but the followers that I have, they show up for me, and they're also smart and they're caring and they're intelligent and, and you know they just they're empath impacts so for me that's important but i just wanted to say thank you for coming and making my my little um dream come true because i love i just i'm fascinated with the, your character jasmine you know i tell you that I, i'll i've sent you messages and i'm like i just love you because you know it she reminds me i don't ever look at the show and say that's mexican that's puerto rican that's cuban right i look at the show and say i know these people yeah and, and I can't wait for people to get to the point where they create shows of black and brown people who are human beings who happen to be black and brown instead of shows that are like, this is what black people do when they get angry. They all scream, you know, it's just, it's exhausting. Yeah, no, it really, really is. Like, So tell people where they can find you online. No, I was about to say my house, don't come here. No. Uh, uh, my Instagram is at Jess underscore M underscore Garcia, super fancy. And my Twitter is at Jess Marie Garcia. Um, and I TikTok, but don't follow me there. I don't really do much there. Don't worry about that. You stop giving Chinese people your information. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, right? Is that a thing? I read yeah. it out and I was like, is this real? Like, is anything <laughs> real? Like, who do I believe? I already do it in my Facebook. I have like a sticker that covers my webcam when I'm not talking to people. You deleted your Facebook? Yeah, I was like, cause like they'll find all your information on there too. Yeah, people have been. I know I people. I don't care about people that I knew when I was like in middle school. Like Facebook was just like be friends with this person. I was like, no, I've been avoiding them my whole life. <laughs> people yeah. are gonna say they're saying they're gonna go now watch on my block. <laughs> so oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, you're <laughs> you great. Know how 
season four, so we might need more views. Oh man, it's gonna get with no. I, I, the, the Santos just told me. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. Thank you. I love you. And literally any, any time. And please add me to anything you need. Like I here to support you as much as I can. Same. I'll come for you. All right. Bye-bye, mommy. Thank you. I don't know how to get out of this box.